really been AWOL on both the blogging and the video blogging and what is the gospel? What is the nature of the gospel? What is the message of the gospel? And I think that if we got down to it, we would find it both very comforting and a little bit disturbing that um, we're not the only ones that when somebody, if someone were to corner you and say, what is the message of the gospel, that you would have trouble fumbling your way through it. And uh, you're not the only one, and even a lot of our leaders are kind of in the same boat, is that for so many years it's been assumed that we know what it is, and there's not much commentary on it, and so it's just kind of just kind of fallen to the wayside. So I want to take, uh, like I said, I don't know how long, but some time, just look at the scripture and find out what they understood the gospel to be. So I'm going to do it in a few different parts, and we'll see where it goes. But this is some stuff that I've really been... Uh, that I've really been meditating on for the last three or four years quite a bit. And um, so here's where I want to start. Um, I want to start in 1 Corinthians 15. And uh, some of you, this may be a relatively unknown chapter to you. Some of you may know it very well. And um, it is a very well-known passage. It... Um, it's essentially known as basically the chapter on the resurrection of the dead. And the reason we're going to get into this as we talk about the gospel is um, let's talk about two verses real quick and kind of understand the emphasis that the early church had on this. What we view is kind of like a peripheral, I don't know what it means, it's, not, it's, it's a non-essential to us. But um, 1 Corinthians 15.1 and now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, and in which also you stand. So he begins the whole chapter saying, and now I'm just going to repeat the gospel that I preached to you when I first was in Corinth with you. And that just makes you go, wow. So the rest of the chapter is a commentary on Paul's gospel and what he shared when he was in Corinth. And uh, also in Revelation 6, it's an interesting phrase here, uh, Revelation 6, 1, I'm going to go through, um, let's go through just verse 2 for right now, but, therefore leaving the elementary teachings about Christ, so the very foundational teachings about Christ, let us press on to maturity, not going over again the foundations of repentance of dead works, faith towards God, instructions about washings or baptism, laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. So the point of this isn't even to talk about the resurrection. It's, it's to talk about we need to press on to maturity because we're still stuck on the elementary principles of the gospel. And among those, he mentions the resurrection of the dead. And I'm kind of bringing that up to say, one of the reasons we don't really know what the gospel is is because that's not an elementary teaching for us anymore. Now, if I were in a room full of people, I would say, raise your hands the last time you heard your pastor on Sunday morning talk and preach a whole sermon on the resurrection of the dead. Or when's the last time you heard an evangelist giving a whole message on the resurrection of the dead to share the gospel like Paul did? 
And, uh, and that is really one of the reasons why I think that we've really lost just a real concrete assurance of the gospel. So like Peter said in the, the first epistle, he said, you guys need to be ready to give an account for the hope that you have. And part of that is really having a real solid grid for what the gospel is. So we could, we could really go through all of 1 Corinthians 15, but there's 58 verses, so we won't do that. So what I want to do is just go over a few highlights and then really encourage you to study it on your own. But it says um, in verse 12, Now if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? And this is due to, uh, historically it's due to a Gnostic heresy that was happening at the time, that they either denied that the body would be resurrected, or they said that it's going to simply be a spiritual resurrection and it already happened. And a lot of people were interpreting Paul's writings and some of his teachings that way. So when he references that by faith, in like Colossians 3 and Romans 6, that by faith you've been raised with Christ, some were interpreting that to mean that the resurrection that we experience in Jesus is a spiritual resurrection. And so we say the sinner's prayer, this is the way it's kind of interpreted now, is we say the sinner's prayer and we have been spiritually raised with Christ. But Paul says in 2 Timothy, he calls out two guys by name to Timothy, and he goes, you know, there's Hymenaeus and Philetus. And they are telling people that the resurrection already happened. And uh, most scholars agree it's pretty clear that these guys were teaching the common heresy of the day, which was Gnosticism. And so they were teaching that the resurrection was a spiritualized resurrection that already happened, not that the physical resurrection of the body had already happened. And so he was saying their teaching is like gangrene to the body of Christ, is what he tells Timothy in 2 Timothy. So when we go here, he's going, how are some of you saying that the resurrection is, is not going to happen? And then he says, and if Christ is not raised, then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is vain if there's no resurrection. Which that is intense, considering most of us don't really have a solid grid for what the resurrection is these days. Now let's go down to verse 20. Now if Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who are asleep. So the first fruits of those who are dead, in other words. For since by man came death, by a man came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive, but each in his own order. Christ the first fruits, and after those who are Christ at his coming. So it's clearly there's, he's talking about a future resurrection and he's clearly talking about the resurrection of the body. And one of the things that I've been so encouraged to discover over the last three years is the writings of some of the early church fathers in the first 100, 200 years after the apostles and men like Irenaeus and Tertullian. And these guys were... You know, several, you know, a couple hundred years after them, you know, the church kind of transitioned into taking their stand on what we're going to take our stand and fight over is the divinity of Jesus. And that, I mean, obviously we believe in the divinity of Jesus, but in the earlier church, it wasn't much of a question because divinity of Jesus wasn't really in question much. What was in question was 
the resurrection. And so uh, Tertullian, who's, who's, his writings are just incredible. They're written in the Antinicene Fathers volumes, and you can find those free online. But Irenaeus, also in the Antinicene Fathers, just they wrote extensively against heresies that were teaching against the resurrection as a foundation for the faith of the believer that our bodies are going to be resurrected at the second coming. We're not going away to an etherealized heaven, but at the second coming, our bodies are going to be resurrected just like Jesus' physical body was resurrected. So like he ate with his apostles after the resurrection, we're going to have bodies that are imperishable, that do not die again, and we're going to eat. We're going to live on this earth like we were designed to do. And so that was really betrayed in the early church uh, with some of the teachings of men like Origen of Alexander or of Alexandria and, and later on by some other well-known uh, church theologians. But it's very clear that in the early days that this was the, this was the battleground. And I kind of think of it like, you know, in regards to the gospel and how it really has been changed over the years, not because, you know, and so it's not necessarily that the message of the gospel is incorrect. It's just that it isn't really the gospel. And I think we've seen a lot of fruit of a what we would call a shallow gospel in the West over the last several decades. But I'll, I'll use this example. If I send my son out to go give a message to someone, and my son goes out, and rather than give the message, he tells them simply about, let me tell you what my dad's like. And he says, you know, my dad is 5'6", and my dad has short brown hair, and today he's wearing a, you know, navy blue hoodie. And it's not that those things are incorrect, is that those things just aren't the message that he was supposed to be giving. And so my goal for these is that we would actually begin to recover a little bit of what the message is. And so we're going to start right here, and I'll leave you guys with this, and I might have a little bit more um, in the next few days or in the next week, and just finishing up the doctrine of the resurrection, because it's not really just a peripheral doctrine that, that is kind of one of those things that we may or may not agree over. Paul said, this is the gospel that I preached to you. And the author of Hebrews says, this is an elementary teaching of the faith in Jesus as the Messiah. We can't move on to maturity until we understand this. And so I, I want to just take, um, even if we just take a few weeks just to talk about the resurrection of the body. Now this is elementary, not only to our faith. But it's elementary to the preaching of the gospel. And uh, so we'll learn a little bit more next week of how this really fits into the gospel message and how this must be a centerpiece of the gospel message as we continue to share the gospel and glorify Jesus among the nations. So blessings to you. I hope uh probably didn't answer all your questions about what the gospel is, but it probably really got you thinking. So that's uh, that was really my goal for today. And I will... Be back next week with some more. So blessings to you guys. I will see you soon. Bye-bye.